0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, uh, we are going to continue our series, Break the Cycle. Uh, We're going to go into the kind of next phase. I know we were going to have five years today, so I had to readjust for this weekend, Uh, So next weekend, we'll do our five-year celebration. We'll kind of take a pause. And then the following weekend is Valentine's Day, okay? Valentine's Day. Are you ready, men? No, you're not. I can see it on your faces, okay? Uh, But we're gonna have a great day that day. We're gonna talk about relationships and marriage on that day, and then we'll pick it up uh, back up the last couple weeks of February, so it'll be good. Uh, We're in this great series. Uh, If you have not caught the other messages, you can go online, you can go to elevate.city, or you can go to our YouTube page and uh, check that out. We're talking about how the enemy will get us into cycles into our lives to rob and steal and cheat what God's doing in our lives. And I just believe that God has more, and that God wants more, and God will do more if we will trust him, learn his word, and allow him to lead us in our lives. Can I get an amen from anybody? Okay. So Romans, go with me to Romans chapter five, okay? Romans chapter five, uh, we're gonna be in verses one through five. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. If you have a different one, that's okay. It'll be pretty similar. Verse one, it says this. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. Now he declares us flawless in his sight. Can I get an amen from anybody? That's just a good word right there. This means that we can now enjoy true lasting peace with God all because of what the Lord Jesus has done for us. Verse two, our faith guarantees us permanent access into his marvelous kingdom that gives us a perfect relationship with God. Okay? What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we celebrate our hope and experience in God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have joyful confidence knowing that our pressure will develop in us patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of Christ Jesus, okay? So Romans 5, okay? Romans 5 is giving us a cycle of how God strengthens us, how God grows us, and how God gives us endurance, okay? And these are all things that we need to live in faith in Jesus Christ, okay? You're gonna need strength, you're gonna need to grow, and you're going to need to have endurance as you follow Jesus Christ. Ask anyone who has followed Jesus for any length and period of time in their life. They will tell you there are ups and there are downs. There are mountaintops and there are valleys. There are all kinds of different moments. And how many of you know that just in life, We have some really, really great days. Don't we? Amen? I know you're like, come on, let's bring some more good days back in Jesus' name, okay? And then there are some valley days. And we need strength, we need endurance, we need grace to go through all the ups and downs in our life. So the question is this what is the goal? What is the thing that we are aiming for as followers? of Jesus Christ, okay? First one is this, okay? First thing is to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, amen? That's what we want to hear. When we all pass from this life, when we go on to the next, we want to stand in front of Jesus Christ, which every man, woman in this earth will stand before Jesus, regardless if they believe in him or don't believe in him. When you pass away, you will stand before him. And what I wanna hear him say is, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to cross the finish line, okay? I hate going to kids' sporting events where they don't keep score. Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? I just, listen, at the Workmeister house, we don't believe in that, okay? We are dead set on knowing the score and finding out who is a winner and who is a loser. Our, our little one, Luke, he's six years old. We were at Michael's game the other night. My, my oldest son that sang this morning his varsity game, and we're about 10 seconds away, and Luke's sitting there, and he goes, ah, just like this, and we're like, oh my gosh, what just happened, you know? He goes, The Eagles are gonna lose. And I was like, yep, they are. And he was just mad. He was mad that Michael's team was about to lose. Listen, we have to have something in us that goes, you know what, I'm not living for Jesus just today. I'm living to cross the finish line someday and hear, well done, my faithful servant, good and faithful servant. The last time I ever talked to my mom, Was in a hospital room, and I went to see her because I knew that the time was just coming. The Lord told me that this was the last time that I was going to see her. And I'm sitting in that room with her, and I'm holding her hand. And she said, "Jeffrey," she none of you get to call me Jeffrey, by the way. Okay, that was my mom. Okay, she said, "Jeffrey," she said, "Last night I saw heaven." And I knew it was the last time I would talk to her because she saw glory. And she said, Jeffrey, she said, I saw this beautiful mansion and your grandparents and we have some other family members who have gone on. She said they were all there and there was a beautiful party and Jesus was there. And I knew, I knew at that moment she saw Jesus. Nothing else mattered. Nothing. And we got to live like this. We got to live with this burning passion in us. I want to see Jesus someday. I'm living for that day. I'm not living for this day. I'm living for that day. Amen? Sorry. Number two is this the thing that we're aiming for as followers of Christ Jesus, okay, is to become more like him every year. Every year. So in 21, when I get to the end of the year, I wanna know that my perspectives, my attitudes, Personality, my mouth, can I get an amen for that? My mouth, okay, all looks more like Jesus, okay? I'm gonna give a praise report for myself right now. I'm gonna give a little testimony, okay? Listen, I drive all the time. You've heard about my anger, my rage in the car, right, okay? So instead of giving people number one anymore, I've been giving them a thumbs up, okay? Can I get an amen for Pastor Jeff, okay? This is a big deal, okay? The Lord is working in Jesus' name, okay? We are becoming more and more like him. Number three is this I call it the power of one, okay? The idea that we lead one person to Jesus Christ every year. Right? See, we live with this perspective that like, well, I'm a Christian and I'm serving the Lord and that's enough. No, 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 no. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should be passionately leading people to Jesus. If we really believe this, if we really believe that Jesus is alive, Jesus is king, that we're gonna go spend eternity with him, but we also really believe that there is a literal hell right? Man, we should be passionate about growing God's church, growing God's kingdom, leading people to Jesus. And I understand that not everyone is going to accept Jesus. I understand that people are going to turn away from him. I understand that you may lead somebody and they may turn away. That's okay. It's just your job to share the good news. So these are the three things, the goals, the thing we're aiming for as believers in Jesus Christ. And so Romans 5 gives us wisdom and understanding on how to accomplish these things as believers in Christ. So let's go back to verse 1, okay? Verse 1. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness into us and now he declares us flawless in his eyes. This means that we now can enjoy true lasting peace with God all because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. So the first point is this, what bliss we have because we get to declare that God's righteousness has made us holy before God himself, okay? This is a big deal. Have you ever tried to receive approval from somebody and they won't give it to you? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about somebody in your life. Maybe it was in grade school. Maybe it was in high school. Maybe it's somebody at your job. Somebody that you tried to receive their approval from, but you could never get it. I know for me, for Jeff, it was always the men, the pastors that I worked for. Okay, And the reason it was that was because my father left when I was three. I've never talked to him, uh, never heard from him. He's still alive. Um, My sister called me a couple weeks ago, actually said she saw him uh, at a funeral in North Dakota. But I've never talked to him, never seen him. Also, my grandfather, who was really my father, passed away on my 11th birthday. So, the approval of men was really, really big in my heart. Does that make sense? Okay. So I was reaching, grabbing, fighting for their approval, trying to gather their approval. Okay. Now, let me take a rabbit trail real quick for a second. Okay. I need to talk to all the dads. Okay. All the dads in here. Okay. I need you to understand something. You have... All the power. Okay? Does that make sense? You have all the power as a father to give approval, to give identity, and to give wisdom. Your kids are looking to you. Moms, we love you. We appreciate you. We're thankful for everything you do. But God has ordained and set up the men of the house to be the spiritual leaders of the house. So as men, you are called to speak into your children's lives. You are called to give them identity. You're called to speak to them about their friends, sexuality. You're called to speak to them about the things that are happening in this world. Let me tell you, they're watching the world right now. They're not, not paying attention They want answers. They want clarity. And you as a father, it is your job, your responsibility to give them that clarity. And if you won't do it, somebody else will. You know who else will? Their friends. It is like the blind leading the blind. Right? Listen, I love my 15-year-old. But I'm not taking wisdom from my 15-year-old, okay? So men, okay, listen, men, this is our jobs as godly men to lead our families, okay? And listen, I understand for most of you men, you had poor examples of this growing up. You didn't have fathers that did this. You didn't have fathers that spoke words of confidence in life. You didn't have fathers that, that poured into you. You didn't have fathers that would take you aside and let me talk to you about sex. Most of us learned about it on the internet, right? Okay, listen, just because that happened with you doesn't mean you have to repeat it with your children. Amen. We're called to be godly men, to speak up. So here's the deal. I wanted approval from men, okay? Listen, your wife wants approval. Your kids want approval. This is how God sets us up, okay? But the problem was this. No matter how great of a job I did, I could never get the approval I was looking for. Why? Because why? Because I wasn't their son, right? Right? I wasn't their son. So listen, I wasn't born into their family, number one. Number two, people are awful. Amen? Listen, people will fail you, right? People will tell you one thing and do the opposite, okay? Listen, and the other reason was this. God wanted me to find my approval in him and him alone. Verse two. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into his marvelous kingdom has given us perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth from within us as we we keep on celebrating our hope and experiencing God's glory. Okay? Listen, we can never stop celebrating Jesus together. Okay, get an amen? amen. Okay? It is so important, so important that we continue to always gather together to build relationships, to worship together. To come together as a family, to come together as a community, to make sure we have a space that our kids can love Jesus and learn about Jesus. Listen, I'm so excited about our new youth pastors, Taylor and Christian. I'm so excited that we have this awesome space for our young adults to find who they are in Jesus Christ. It is so important that we continue to gather together and celebrate Jesus Christ. Verse three, okay? We're getting into the cycle right here. Verse 3. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressure will develop us, develop us into patient endurance, and that patient endurance will refine a character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Okay. So here we go. So the enemy had a cycle, and we talked about that cycle over the last few weeks, okay? But the Lord has a cycle of how he grows and develops us as men and women of Christ, okay? It's right here. First thing is this, times of trouble that leads to joyful confidence, okay? The times of trouble leads us where? To pressure, Okay, that pressure gives us what? Endurance. Okay? That endurance gives us patience that builds our character and then leads us to hope, not hopelessness. Remember how the last cycle started with hopelessness? But that this cycle ends with hope and not hopelessness. Okay? So today we're gonna talk about the first one: times of trouble. Okay? And I understand this. When I say times of trouble, we all black out and we're all like, we're out. You know what I mean? You're like, I did not come to church to hear about times of trouble. This is all we see. When we see these two lines, all we see is times of trouble. This is all we focus on, okay? And here's the deal. For most believers, this is where they stop following Jesus. Okay? so where most of them check out. Okay? But did you catch that I said believers, not followers? Hmm. I used my wording correctly. Because here's the thing about believing. You when you are eight years old, you passionately believe in Santa Claus. Right? When you're eight years old, I mean, at least I did. I mean, I was writing letters. I was like, you know, elf on the shelf, you know what I mean? Like I remember like getting nervous going to the mall, you know what I mean? Like like rolling up to the mall and being like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna sit on Santa's lap right now, you know what I mean? Like, like this was like a real thing going on in my heart at eight years old, okay? So you at eight years old believe in Santa Claus, but then you get to a certain spot in life and you're like, yo, that is not real and I'm not sitting on that man's lap any longer, okay? <laughs> That's not happening, okay? So here's the deal. There are things sometimes that you can believe in, but how many know that a few years later, you might not believe in that any longer, right? Your thoughts, your perspective can change. But followers, followers, this is why Jesus, when he came to the disciples, he didn't come to them and say, hey, believe in me, right? Jesus said, follow me. He said, leave your job, leave your family, leave everything you know and come follow me, walk with me, do life with me, live with me, right? So Jesus calls us to follow him. Now, the problem is the moment that Jesus, and I'm gonna make this clear, the moment that Jesus makes trouble, for us, is the moment that we're like, peace out, Girl Scout, right? And you're like, man, Jesus doesn't make trouble for us. No, 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 let me prove it to you, okay? I remember a time when Jesus went to me and said, hey, I want you to give up your girlfriend that was an atheist. I'd just given my life to the Lord, been dating this girl for two years she totally believed that God didn't exist and then I gave my life to Jesus Christ and now the Lord goes I want you to walk away from this or how about the moment that Jesus asked me to walk away from a bunch of friends that were leading me far away from Jesus and not to Jesus And I, you know, let me just talk to that moment for a second. Like, I know that, like, sometimes people are like, well, those are the people that we're supposed to lead. Well, until you're strong enough to lead them instead of them leading you, sometimes you need to make a break. Right? Or how about the time when the Lord came to me and said, hey, I want you to give 10% of your paycheck? And I was like, come again? Or. The Lord going, Jesus comes to me and goes, I want you to love your enemies, Jeff, and not hate your enemies. You're like, it's a whole lot easier to hate them, Lord. They're awful people. Have you seen them? Why did you make them? Right? Okay. Well, how about when Jesus said to me, hey, I want you to write a letter to your dad that abandoned you and your family and forgive him. How about when the Lord goes, I want you to serve my house like Billy and Stevie. And you're like, ooh, I like going to the lake house on the weekends. I'll catch the podcast. Or how about when Jesus goes, I want you to give me all your dreams, your hopes, your life. I want you to surrender everything to me. Jesus is causing times of trouble. He's asking for everything, and everything I just talked about were moments that I went through where Jesus caused trouble for me. Listen, if you want the truth, if Jesus came to me, Eve, I mean, me and Jess talk about this all the time. If Jesus came today and was like, hey, bro, What do you want to do? Like, what do you really want to do with your life? Like, what do you really, 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 want to do, bro? I'd be like, I want to play basketball every day of my life. And then after I play basketball and my knees are just like hanging off of my body, I'll coach basketball for the rest of my life. Okay? That's what I really really want to do, and you're like, well, this is awful. You're the pastor of the church, okay? I mean, it's not my natural, like when I was seven years old, I didn't wake up and go, I can't wait to lead Elevate Church someday. I had posters of basketball players. I wanted to be an NBA, right? But the reality is this, none of it matters. Why? Because I've surrendered everything to Jesus Christ. He brought times of trouble to me. But I laid it all down for him. Psalms 37, verse 3 through 4, it says this Keep trusting in the Lord. What a simple concept, but isn't this so hard sometimes? Keep trusting in the Lord. Even when things are up and down and all over the place, just keep trusting in the Lord. Some of you have to learn this principle. I mean it. You're going to have rough days. Just trust the Lord. Just keep trusting Him. Just have faith in Him. And it goes on to say, and do what is right in His eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God. Listen, you trust the Lord and then you fix your heart and you go, God, this is what you promised. This isn't what my life looks like right now, but this is what you promised. So I'm trusting you, trusting your promises. And it says this, and you will be secure. Where does real security come from? See, we all get this so backwards. We think security comes from our, you know, retirement portfolio. We think that security comes from how much money we have in the bank. We think that security comes from our power or position or, and listen, all of this stuff can be wiped away like that. It can be here one minute and gone the next. That's not security. Psalms is telling us what security is. It's trust in the Lord, holding on to his promises, Feasting, it says, on his faithfulness. Verse four. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. The utmost delight and pleasure. There should be something in you that goes, I'm excited to spend time with Jesus today. Right? And that changes as your perspective changes. If your perspective is that God is angry and frustrated at you, then why would you want to spend time with him? Right? But if your perspective is that the righteousness of Christ has made you right and you you now stand in right standing with God, now I get to come to my dad and I get to talk to him about anything. And I'm excited to be with him. It becomes a delightful moment. It becomes an exciting moment to be with him. And he will provide you and he will provide for you what is your most desire, okay? So let me show you how this works, okay? Jesus becomes my delight and what I live for. I don't know if you guys watch me, but I worship over here. Every Sunday. This is my spot. Okay? And I do that for two reasons. Number one, I hated, I don't know why, it just bugged me growing up where I'd go to church and like the pastor wouldn't worship. And I would always think to myself, that doesn't make any sense. Because when we get to heaven, we're all going to be worshiping Jesus, it's all about worship. And I could never understand why, like sometimes a pastor wouldn't even be out there. Like he would just walk on stage and then walk off stage and you would never see him. And I just would think to myself, and I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to judge those people, but it's just not me. I'm like, as a pastor of the church, I'm gonna lead our people. And so I'm a worshiper, so I'm, I'm gonna worship, okay? But, but the way I worship right there happens also on Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays when none of you are here. And to be honest with you, those are really my favorite moments. When nobody's in here and the presence of the Lord is just thick. And the glory of God is just dripping. And you could just sense the Lord. Sometimes the staff will walk in as I'm praying. And they, you know, it's that weird feeling because you walk in you're like, man, Jesus is there. He's there in the room. So you get to this place where the thing you desire most, listen, I'm so thankful. Nate, where, where are you at, Nate? Where's my man, Nate? My man, Nate, He blessed me with these beautiful Jordans for Christmas. I was so, so blessed, okay? I mean, so blessed, okay? Listen, there was a day and a time, I promise you, I swear to you, that I would have been a hundred times more excited about a pair of Jordans than I would about worshiping him. Just be real. But somewhere in my development, In this development of God, I came to this place where he became the delight of my life, right? I love these shoes. I'm thankful for my man, Nate, that got them for me, but it's not what I live for. It's not what I have delight in. So you find yourself in this place where you find delight in the Lord, okay, And you're like, Jesus, I love you. I want more of you. Amen. You're like, this is better than anything I experienced in this earth and in this life. Okay. And then what does Jesus do? He comes to you with trouble. I remember, I'll never forget the night I was in the sanctuary of Rockford First Assembly in the top balcony. It was late at night. Nobody was there. And I was delighting myself in the Lord. And the Lord said to me, he said, that girlfriend, Amy of yours, that you've been dating, that atheist, we're done. So what is the Lord really saying to me? Jeff, I need you to die. Right? Trouble. Jesus has brought trouble to me. Jeff, I need you to die to your desire right now. And this is where most people stop following Jesus. They're like, no, I like the gospel. I like the good news of Jesus Christ, but don't meddle in my life, right? Don't get into my life. Don't get into my personal. Don't get into my space. This is my space, and that's your space. And you get me on Sundays, but you don't get me on Wednesdays, right? But when you delight yourself in the Lord, I was in his presence at Rockford First Assembly, and I was delighting myself in the Lord. And when he said, no more, I said, yes, Lord, whatever you want. Whatever you desire. Worship team, you guys.